Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Good morning, C3 Church. Good morning, Cambridge. Good morning, Barry St. Edmunds. Good morning, Colchester, and welcome. And good morning, world. Everybody listening or watching this uh, from across the world, here in the UK and around the world, we want to welcome you to church this morning. Welcome to C3. I'm excited and humbled to be here today. My name, as Steve said, is Christopher Muanguzi Mugalu. My name is Muanguzi. My father's name was Mugalu. I'm from Uganda in East Africa, and I know that there's some people uh, watching and listening in from East Africa, so welcome to you as well. I'm a father of two wonderful children, and I know that for many parents, uh, there's a struggle with that sentence these days, but I am still a father of two wonderful children. Nia Tangaza, who is two, she turns three in March, and Christopher Jr., Christopher Chobe, who is seven, he turns eight in June. So I've been married for 15 years and 26 days. And the reason I, I mention marriage is because that's what's kept me going for 2020. Um, I'm so grateful and thankful for my wife, Chirabo. Um, she has given me quiet and quality time. She's been my sounding board, my reassurance, and my reminder of the blessings of God. So I'm really grateful for her as well. So a little bit more about me. I trained as a journalist uh, and then a psychotherapist because I got tired of telling the story and I wanted to find some of the solutions. So I now run a small charity, a small nonprofit uh, with a big impact, determined to ensure that every child can grow up in a family, a loving family. So we support communities with the government in rural and peri-urban communities in Uganda to make them self-sufficient so that they can support each other. So much like C3, we look at a neighborhood watch type model where we train each neighbor with skills like psychosocial skills, counseling skills, safeguarding awareness so that they can keep watch and look out for children and families in crisis. Uh, through this period of the pandemic, this model has been amazing and has really turned things around for us. So a big shout out and love to our teams in Uganda that are doing that amazing work as well. I know that a lot of you are watching today. God bless you. I said earlier on, I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited because like Steve said, when I met him, we were talking about a really challenging and difficult topic. But what really drew me to C3, what really gave me an opening was their approach to community. The fact that us in church do not forget about those around us and that church wasn't just about the people who come to it but the people around it and that's very telling of what's happening right now i'm standing here at c3 there's an amazing choir there's people in here by the way i'm not on my own um, but we are speaking to the world so church is alive people amen church is alive my personal speaking or my personally speaking theme this morning is drawn from Romans 12.12. 12. Um, my sister Sarah died two years ago in December. She was only 50, but she knew God and she loved God. And she'd wake up every morning and pray, pray with people on her phone. So she got this concept of talking to people online way before the pandemic. She was very unwell, but what she taught me was 
to be joyful in hope, to be patient in affliction, and to remain faithful in prayer. The New International Version, that's what that says. But let's just take from the King James Bible as well, because I like the way it's, it's phrased there too. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. These three things have been an underpinning blessing of my 2020. In times of tribulation and when things seem uncertain, after we have experienced despair, concern, and fear, and sometimes even in the middle of it, one thing or one of the first things that comes to us is hope. We hope that things will be better. We hope that things will change. We write letters and emails and text messages to people saying, dear friend, dear colleague, I hope that you are well, despite these very challenging times. Hope, folks, is where I found the Lord. Now, I hadn't lost God, but I was lost in my own fears and my concerns. I was lost in my own doubt of what was going to come. I draw my testimony again this morning from the letter to the Romans written by Paul to explain that salvation is offered through the gospel of Jesus Christ. This salvation in our time of need, in our time of this pandemic of pain, of suffering, of loss, in this season is what I have called hope. And let's start by reminding ourselves about that very important verse in the same book of Romans, 8.31. If God is with us, who is against us? If God is with us, who is against us? You see, folks, hope, it's, it's, a, it's a process. You find it because you know that something will change. So Steve asked me to speak candidly and to be open. For me, the year 2020, you know, found me with my hands in my head, sitting at the bottom of our stairs, sometimes alone in our home, study at 3 a.m. in the morning, doubting that things would be good or would get better. Not many people knew what I was going through, except my wife. My colleagues would see me on Zoom, smiling, excited about the day. You know, I just had to get up every morning for that day. But inside, I was not well. I was struggling. I put on a brave face in that year. Inside, doubtful, I had lost hope. Now, for those people who don't know me, I'm always very cheerful. I'm good to go. And when Steve met me, that was certainly my my aroma. I was really good to go. I was happy. I was excited. And, I, and by that time, I had started to feel really hopeful. But soon after the March lockdown, that all changed for me. I started to get upset. I was impatient. I was frustrated. I sat at my computer all day. I ignored my chores. I did not help with anything at home. I had no supportive hand. I left everything to my wife and sometimes to the kids. I am very ashamed of that. I forgot about my role as a father, as a husband. All the lessons I have learned as a psychotherapist in my love languages, affirmation, quality time, giving gifts, the acts of service, all that left me. I was not doing any of those things. You see, I had to fundraise during this time. 
I had to find money at a time when other people were struggling to give it. A new CEO, just a little over 100 days into my new role, I could not see through the fog. I had real concerns about my own health. The underlying issues, I kept hearing. The underlying issues. They kept talking about this in the news. I thought a lot about what would happen if I got sick and if I wasn't here. For my children, for my wife, for my family, for my mother. And the news, my goodness, I can't tell you about the news. Social media and the news, that was not helpful either. I had to watch it to know what was happening. I was in the UK. We were running a program in Uganda. But it just brought me anger, frustration, pain, and confusion. And this com constantly fed into my mindset. Now, you remember what Angie said last week. We need to really listen to those things that will grow us. Well, this was not what would grow me. So I stopped. Folks, I stopped, and the reason I stopped is almost every night I would go into my son's room and I would read storybooks. Um, one of them is Everything a Child Should Know About God. I don't know if you can all see that. And another one is Indescribable, A Hundred Devotions About God and Science. And sometimes I would read these books as I either cleaned up or tidied his room, and I found... I found something interesting in those books. The first thing is that when you explain God to children, it makes a lot more sense. So I stopped and I listened. And when I did this, I heard my children, I heard my wife. I started to listen to the Bible. Not just read it, listen to it. And I'm not talking about audio listening. I'm talking about listen to the Bible. And as I did that, I realized that to hear God, you need to speak to God. You can't be listening and not saying something back to him. And so my speaking to God was through prayer. So I prayed, and every after that prayer, I would hope. And with that hope, my faith started to grow stronger and stronger. So here's my first lesson. I learned that when things got really tough, to look for hope, to look for hope in prayer. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. The book of Jeremiah is a message to God's people to wait patiently for the 70 years they have been in captivity, to elapse. And not to seek a quick release, not to just look for things very quickly and come out of it. This book encourages us as captives in our time of this horrible pandemic, of the messages that blind us, of the things that people tell us that are not true. It reminds us that after this bondage, there will come a time of restoration and renewal under the new covenant of God. Let me just highlight this a bit more with Romans 8:24. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. For who hopes for what they already have? Who hopes for what they already have? You see folks, in my prayers, God was telling me, and I often heard this with my mother and also with my wife and my friends, is that when you pray, God already knows. He already knows what you're asking for, but you have to humble yourself and pray. 
So I'm already hoping for what I already know will come true. Friends, if you have already seen your salvation, your new day, your better days, if you have once experienced God's love and thanked him for it, if you can count your blessings, then you have no reason to doubt that God's love and his word is true. We had food on our table. The children, we could play with them, we could sing with them. My wife's birthday in May, you know, I, I kept thinking, what am I going to do? And I, I sent these text messages out to all our friends across the world uh, to come on to Zoom. And everybody turned up. It was about 9.30, 10 o'clock UK time. Everybody turned up. And they sang happy birthday. And my wife cried. And I felt that that was the best day for her. I counted my blessings. We were together, but we were happy. Yes, we were scared. Yes, we were confused. But we had blessings. We had a roof. I had a job. My wife had a job. Homeschooling was tough, folks. It still is. But I had the knowledge to pass on to my children. So I counted my blessings. Immediately after hearing these amazing words from Romans, immediately after this, we had messages come through to our charity. We had people sending us messages saying, we will give, we will support you. Our campaigns were successful. Our communities of supporters came around us. Now, I want to draw this to something that was also happening in the church. You see, when COVID-19 hit us, everybody thought that churches would close and nobody would come. But we were seeking God. We were looking for God. So we came to church. Not the physical church, but church in our hearts and online. And so I continued to pray. And I had this amazing email from a lady that said she would donate her daily trouble for the year since she did not need it. You see, people started to count their own blessings and they started to share and give. During this period, we have seen sacrifice from nurses, from doctors, from bus drivers, from carers, from our bin collectors, from the people that deliver our mail. And many, many other people, carers in homes, many other people who have kept working so that we can be safe. These people all represent hope. And that's the same message I want to send to all the people doing church online, all the people who are making this happen, all of you folks in here right now. Your sacrifice is not unseen, and we are grateful. You have counted your blessings, and you have shared those blessings. Amen? When things get tough, look for hope. Hope is where I found God. My second lesson, I learned that to confront my doubts, I had to overcome my fears. Second Timothy 1, 7, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. In 2 Timothy, Paul reminds us, as he writes to Timothy, to be brave in the face of hardships. Paul reminds Timothy that he's being prayed for and that he belongs to a family of strong faith. Paul also reassures Timothy that they are both in the service of God, the same God who gave them a spirit of power and love and self-control. 
So I'd like to share this really quickly with you, this amazing poem by Marion Williamson. A lot of you will know it. Words quoted by Nelson Mandela. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you, my brother, my sister, not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel, won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children of God do. We were born to make and manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in every one of us. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates the others. And that presence is not just the presence of man, it's the presence of the Holy Spirit. You might have heard me speak earlier on about my brave face. I learned quickly that it was not just a face, it was God-given armor. It had power, it had love, and it had self-control. Like Angie shared last week, I learned to love myself first so that I could share my love with others. I learned to be powerful in God so that I could share it with others. I learned that I needed to be self-disciplined so that I would be an example for others. Doubt and fear would not be a part of my story. No, they would not. Let us invite the Holy Spirit to generate in us all these three benefits that Paul reminds us of in his letter to Timothy. May we always remember that the Holy Spirit is in the power of our lives. Acts 1.8 and Ephesians 3.20-21. The Spirit also gives us love, for the fruit of the Spirit is love. And that's Galatians 5.22. Our love for Christ, for the word, for those searching for him, for those in pain, for each other, no matter what we are going through. This love must come from the Spirit. The Spirit also gives us self-discipline. And as a result, we are not easily captured by our feelings or circumstances. When the Spirit is in control, we'll experience peace and poise. But we can trust the one who is... We may, not, we may not know the future, and we may not know what's coming, but we have to trust the person in control. We may not know the future, but we can know the God who does. My lesson was not to make decisions based on fear, church and family, but to base them on hope and possibility. So I have a really quick and small exercise for you to do. Set your heart on a goal. It might be sorting out your finances, finding a new job. Imagine it and pray about it. Write it down or think of anything that might stop you from achieving it. But remain hopeful in God and set your eyes on achieving these obstacles. Then come up with a few contingency plans to address those obstacles. Here, you are going to need faith. I'd like you to do those things with the smallest challenges you have. Soon you will find that more and more with hope and with faith and the spirit, you are able to achieve them. This brings me to my number three. It wasn't easy for me to get to this place of peace and poise. In fact, I'm still very much on my journey. 
I learned to be patient and to remain faithful and to wait. Here I listened to Romans 8.25, but if hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. The verses before that I've read earlier on, Romans 8.24, for in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But I still had to wait patiently. So to be a Christian in this life means to wait for the best possible reality. Anyone can imagine, but with patience. We can trust our Father to bring it about at just the right time. After all, we know that it is coming. There's a saying my mother always told me. God has perfect timing. You might all know this. He's never early. He's never late. It takes a little patience and it takes a lot of faith. But it's worth the wait. It will feel like a test and it will feel like you're being pushed and you're being pulled. But patience. I had some of the most difficult conversations I've ever had in my life last spring. All through to the summer. I was pulled into so many directions. Tested. But this time, not just at work, but everywhere. But in all this, from Paul's letter to Romans, I learned that nothing can ever separate us from God and his love. So filled with the power of love and self-control from the Holy Spirit, I engaged in debates and conversations that taught me a lot about myself and my purpose. I decided doubt would not be a part of that story of my thoughts and instead I chose to be patient and, and hopeful. So family, until God opens a door, let us continue to praise him in the hallway. So finally, patiently waiting, I found my peace when I prayed. When I listened and spoke to God to hear from him. And this is what I found. In 1 Chronicles 16 to 11, the Bible says, Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Chronicles is written after the time of exile and focused on these elements of history that God wanted his people to med meditate upon. Obedience, which reminds me of the self-discipline that results in God's blessing. The priority of the temple and the priesthood and the unconditional promises of God to the house of David. This book, although repeated in times, so many times in the Bible, tells of a time we need to be hopeful for. But during that time, we must be patient, faithful in our praise and faithful in our prayer. Family, God has spoken to me this morning and reminded me again of my sister's message, of my sister's love, of that verse she shared with me every morning when she was here with us. Romans 12, 12. Be joyful in hope. Do not give up. Be patient in affliction. And be faithful in prayer. Amen. Thank you. I really want to thank Chris for his message today to us. And I just want to give opportunity before we go into our final song that if you've never found that peace of God by knowing Jesus, you can do that. I'm going to pray a prayer that you can repeat after me. And this is your way of connecting with God, of 
changing from one direction to another is what the Bible calls repentance, turning around, trusting Him. Say these words after me and then let us know either on YouTube, Facebook, email us at hello at the c3.uk. Let us know you made this decision. Pray this. Say, Lord Jesus, today I trust you. Thank you that you gave your life for me. Thank you that you've been patient with me. Forgive me for self-centered living. Today I choose you as my leader and Lord. Thank you for accepting me. Amen. Amen. Do let us know. We do want to say thank you again to Chris. Please do check him out. The iChild Foundation there. Do have a look, see the great work that they do. And let's remember that scripture. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. As we learn from Chris's life in our own lessons. We're going to sing a song of worship and then stay around. Don't go off because we're going to do an interview with Chris. Get to know him. You can put any questions you've got you may want to ask and we'll have an interview with him as we finish. So let's worship God together with this next song. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you. Thank you.